When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. It's nice to be talking to you all. I feel like I am barely alive tonight, and I'm just trying to kick in my energy so that way I don't let down my co-host, who is one of the most energetic people I've ever known <laughs> in my life. With me, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I'm doing splendiferously. Ooh, listen to that. That sounds, like, that sounds like something from, you know, um, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious type level, you know? Yeah, it's not, I don't even think it's a word. I just made it up. But it sounded cool. It oh, here we go. Splend- splendiferously. Ooh, look at you. Is... Is kind of a word. So splendiferous is a word. So it so it is, it is a word or it's not a word? Yes, it is a word. I just added an L-Y on the end. Oh, yes, because you said sp- splendiferously. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Well, well, good for you. I didn't know whether it was an actual word or not. Uh, it, to me, it was like, it sounded like one of those like really fun words that they would have in a movie, a kid's movie of some sort. So good to know. Splendiferously is an actual word. Yes. According to the dictionary here, it's an adjective, an informal adjective for, for splendid. (laughs) So you're doing splendid, but you couldn't just tell us splendid. You had to uh, make it sound cooler than that. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. You know what? Just add a few extra letters. That's that's one of those things that I can actually kind of live with. I feel uh, like yeah. Pass on that. <laughs> I'm sure I picked it up somewhere from somewhere, but I don't I don't really know where like it's probably been used in a tv show or something and i just have been saying it ever since and just have no idea where i picked it up from (laughs) i i have no idea where you may have picked it up from but there are um contrary to popular belief there are a fair amount of shows that you watch that i don't watch so it could be one of those um, one of the ones that you love that you watch all the time is Psych. I haven't watched Psych since I was like young, young. And so a lot of that I can't tell you in great detail. Uh, you got to go back and watch it. It's still just as good. Just as good watching it now as it was back when it first aired. Because I've been rewatching it. I'm almost done with it. Completely rewatching every single episode again. Still great. And. It was really cool. I was watching the NFL draft over the weekend. And James Roday, who plays Sean on the show, is a big Tennessee Titans fan. So it was a nice surprise to me that like a random Tennessee Titans third-round draft pick, uh, yes, third-round draft pick, James Roday comes up and, and reads the pick for the Tennessee Titans. It was also the 69th pick in the draft, too, which is really nice. And I was like, oh, it's Sean reading a draft pick for the Tennessee Titans. 
And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I even tweeted about it. A couple of people commented on it about it too. They're like, oh, it's cool to see him. I didn't, one person was like, I didn't even know it was him until he said, um, said, said a certain word. And I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's James Rodney. That's, that's Sean. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so were you a Tennessee Titans fan for those like couple minutes? Oh, of course not. No. No, that, that couldn't even change you? Nope. I mean, I, I re- completely respect your um, your loyalty to your Rams. Thank you. I will say I was um, I was thinking about this, like I think it was last week or something, in terms of the teams I get most anxious about while watching. Because I've been getting super anxious watching the Suns in the playoffs. And... Um, I was like, okay, well, which teams am I most like that with? Which is like, I will live and die with how they do. And the Suns in the playoffs is one of them. And I would also put the Rams on the list. I think the Rams are number one for me in terms of like, I don't care if they're good or bad or whatever. I'm going to live and die by every play. And even if it's a week one of the regular season, if it's a meaningless game against the Tennessee Titans, for example, etc. If it's or if it's the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, like I get really passionate about my Rams, and I think it's like above and beyond anywhere else. But the Suns are a close second. The Suns are a very close second at the moment, and then the Diamondbacks and Coyotes are just kind of there. They're just around, like for now, until they get good again. Then I start caring again. But like watching me watch a Suns game, and you've done that with me in the past in the playoffs, is an experience. I think it's that happens with a lot of people though. Like if a team is good, they care a lot more about it. Um, I I feel like I feel that way about any team that I have that is you know re- relatively good team. But I also just get that way in general with the Vikings, just because they don't allow you to be any other way than that way. Because their whole mentality is to lose a game by only a field goal. <laughs> yes, that's true. It, uh, you can say that about all Minnesota sports too, because the Timberwolves had a lead in their game six against the Grizzlies. I think they were up by like 15 points or something at into the fourth quarter, and they lost. They got kicked out of the playoffs because of it. But yes, I, I, I can't say I, I 100% relate to your pain. But um, we've talked about it on the show before that like being a Vikings fan is is a curse at this point. I'm sure you can't say that you relate to my pain considering the fact that your team is the reigning Super Bowl champions. This is true. You can I, you can keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying it all year because it sounds so good. That your team is the reigning Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, that's uh, a little bit of spoiledness that you get to live with. So, of course, you can't feel my pain right now. <laughs> Someday, someday soon, someday soon again, when the Rams inevitably lose to the Vikings whenever they play them next, which I don't even know if I think they're playing. I don't know if they're playing each other this year or not. I don't think they are, but who knows? When they lose to the Vikings, this is very funny. Very, very funny. Corey, the Rams lost to the New York Jets in 2020. Anything can happen. (laughs) Richie, the Vikings very often try to lose. Whether you believe it or not, they I swear to you, they they make strong efforts to lose. Let's see. They oh nope, they are not playing the Vikings this year. They're playing the Packers. Hmm. Yeah, that uh that sounds it's in what time of year is it, and is it in Wisconsin? They It is in Green Bay, but they have not announced the full schedule quite yet. That's coming up here in a couple weeks. Hopefully it's not when it's, like, freezing as fuck and they're having to just be, like, 
hanging out in the snow. Because every time I watch those games, I go, this is so completely unfair and biased towards the Packers. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that sounds about right. That's about right. But the Cardinals are playing the Vikings. Uh, here or in Minnesota? In Minnesota. I actually went up one year to to go watch uh, Cardinals and Vikings game because I I was like I have to go watch it at some point and then they it was it's really freaking expensive. I mean, really freaking expensive to try and get myself to get a ticket here to watch a Vikings game um, because there's a lot of people that move from Minnesota, Arizona, I guess. Um, and, and and no, my family is initially from Arizona. My grandma just moved to Minnesota for a while and came back. Um, but... Uh, so I, I do not come from a family that, that migrated here, but, um, they just left for a little bit, decided they didn't like Minnesota and came back to Arizona. So it's, it's a little bit different, but they, um, there's so many of them that decided, eh, I don't like the snow much anymore. I want to live in Arizona and they buy all of my tickets to Vikings games. <laughs> The stinging the, the snowbirds, the snowbirds. Absolute way too many snowbirds. Also, Richie, I have to make a small complaint over here. Uh oh. I'm sitting I'm in, my, in in this chair that I have. It's like my work chair, and it's a it's a gaming chair because it was like the most comfortable one. Why do people make things out of like leather or faux leather when in the summer in Arizona? I feel like leather, like, and it's not even from like a, like a sweat purpose. Just when it gets hot, it gets sticky. Like, it's not <laughs> even like my skin touching it. Like, I mean, my hands, yes, are touching it. But like, it's my jeans touching the leather and it gets sticky. Does anyone else notice that in Arizona that like leather just starts to get like sticky because it gets hot? No, oh, yeah, you're 100% right, which is why I don't really, I don't, I'm not a big leather person either, like, I, in anything. Give me a good non-leather anything, whatever, whether it's in your car, a couch, a chair, I can do without it here in, here in Arizona. We're getting to that point again, where it's just going to be, I was walking across the, um, a parking lot today, and I felt like I was just getting completely slapped in the face with hot air. And I thought to myself, oh, no, it's beginning where any breeze from here on out is not pleasant. It feels like you're someone just has a blow dryer on you trying to dry every ounce of water out of your body. <laughs> uh, you know, I was I went for a run earlier today and it was 95 degrees outside. But and the winds, according to my watch, were. As high as twenty miles per hour, it was it was blowing pretty wicked out there, and I was like, you know, it actually feels kind of good, because like it was it was blowing hard enough to where it wasn't like super hot, like it was kind of cooled it off a little bit. So the run itself wasn't as bad as it could have been when you run outside and it's damn near a hundred degrees outside. So it, it, I ran and felt like it was you know low nineties, you know, where it's like much easier to run, whereas where it's 95 and there's no breeze or anything, or even just a, a, a tiny bit of wind. That's like, that's enough to make it like annoying as heck. But yeah, it wasn't too bad today. I was kind of surprised. Um, my allergies are paying for it at the moment. Um, but other than that, like I, I tend to agree with you on that for the most part. Um, but yes, it's, we're getting to treadmill season here pretty soon. Did you see any of the video uh, of our friend Schaefer getting so into a Coyotes game that he was losing his mind on the Coyotes' last game at Gila River. I did not see the videos. I was only told about them secondhand. He was... He's someone who, like, he, very casual Coyotes fan... 
was in love with the team on the very last day of them being in Gila River Arena and adored the fact that they had their uh, final game be a win against Nashville, which is honestly so ironic considering the fact that their first game was against Nashville in 2003 in that arena, and then they had lost that game, and they came back to redeem themselves all these years later with a win on the last game in that arena. So it was a really cool moment, but it was nice to also see one of our friends who's a casual fan get so into it. He was uh, replying to them on Twitter. Uh, He was screaming in the stands. He was just absolutely adoring this game. And even our friend who is an avid Penguins fan went to the game, cheered on the Coyotes, had a fun time. This is the stuff that you love to see. And all of these people went to go support a team in their last game in this arena. That was, that's not a good team. And, you know, Nashville needed to win that game. And, So everyone kind of thought, oh, you know, Nashville's probably going to win this. But everyone showed up anyways because it was such a momentous game. And the fact that they made such a good game out of it after, you know, going down a lot of goals very quickly, they made it such a great game. Everyone stood up and cheered at the very end. It was great to see such a full house. I'm glad that that's the way that this team finally went out. Yeah, I thought it was the it was like the perfect end to an era. Um, I'm glad that they got f- over fifteen thousand people to show up to say goodbye to Gila River Arena, and it sounded like you know, from what you were describing there too, from what I saw on Twitter, like everybody was into it. It was a cool time. It was a crazy game. Again, like you said, they were down four nothing in that game. They were down four nothing in the first period. Came all the way back and got the win. Um, and beat Nashville five to four. Um, by this point, they were already out of contention to have the best odds at the number one overall pick. So that's why I think more people were like, "All right, this was this was cool. It was a cool win because it didn't really mean anything um, in terms of their standings and in, in the NHL and their their draft picks and whatever." And yeah, to have that crazy five four finish against a, a a good Nashville team who's going to be playing in the playoffs against the Colorado Avalanche. Really cool. And uh, seeing all the the highlights was really awesome. Um, The fact that you get Shane Gostasperi having a big game, making some history. uh, He's the first Coyotes defenseman since Oliver Ekman Larson to get 50-plus points in a season. Um, OELS did that several years ago. Um, We had a goal from Jack McBain, who came, came up recently, obviously, from the college ranks. And uh, has had two goals to end his his season. Nathan Smith had an assist. JJ Moser had an assist. Like everybody was ch- uh, kind of uh, chipping in to that Coyotes victory. And yeah, it was just a. It's nice in a season of very many lows of where on this show we didn't have a whole heck of a lot to talk about as far as an on ice product is concerned to have it end on a good note like that. And and you see some players who may or not be may or may not be back next year. And some players who will be back next year have finished up their seasons on a high note. And um, there are a lot of positives to take away from from uh, some of the players and how they perform this year. And uh, we have a lot of season to talk about that. Yeah, but it was uh, – it was cool. Again, I couldn't watch the game because I don't have Bally Sports. So I was following along on Twitter. And I was like, when they were down 4 nothing, I was like, oh, God, here we go again. They're going to get their shit kicked in in the final game. That's depressing. And I started to follow along. I was like, oh, 4-1. Oh, 4-2. Well, they're starting to make a game of it. And like, oh, crap. It's 5-4 to four all of a sudden. And they won. So, yeah, congratulations, Coyotes. And wrapping up the tenure at Healer River Arena on a good note. Yeah, it was just actually really cool altogether to just see how much people 
really kind of came together. And as much as we all are kind of at the point where we just want Gila River Arena to kind of be in the rear view and the fact that people just want to not see Glendale anymore and have to deal with Glendale. It still was kind of sad to go back and see all the memories that everyone has had there in that arena. And it really is a part of so much of the Coyotes history, you know, um, Obviously, America West has, you know, a, a very rich history as well. But um, that there since 2003, the Coyotes have been there. So there has been most of the Coyotes um, existence at that arena. We I and I would if I'm speaking for you, Richie, on this, we both probably say it's not the best location for the team and it never really was, but it still was its home for a while. And there's a lot of uh, great things that were tied to it. So it was nice to be able to see those good things come out for once, as opposed to the really negative things that we're always hearing because of the issues with Glendale. And I know both of us as being people who were up in the press box a lot for me, um, it's going to be very, very weird to never take that elevator trip up ever again. That just seems so weird to me because even when I wasn't working, I would still go up there to say hi to people. And, you know, it just feels so final and as well, you know, after the passing of, of Chuck, who was the elevator attendant, um, you know, to getting to the point where you're never going to go into that arena and go up that elevator again, it is almost a little bit like there is a, an, a death of an era of at least my life and, and probably to you, your life as well. And the fact that those will always just now be memories and there's no way to even kind of relive that. And that's that was a little bit weird and a little bit hard. I didn't actually think about it or feel it until later. I'd kind of given a very straight and to the point um, post on Twitter that was just kind of more, you know, see a Glendale with... And I did include a picture on it of um, my first year interning when I uh, with the Coyotes, where um, I got to take a picture down at the very bottom there next to the Gila River Arena sign. And that was kind of my full circle moment. But I it wasn't until I had seen other people that that we had worked with over the years kind of giving their goodbyes that it felt so real. Yeah, and I, I posted this on, on Twitter too, and I, I, I said that and I said that Heather River Arena is where I went and saw my first hockey game. I was at Heather River Arena back in two thousand nine. And that's essentially that moment, that game is what turned me into a hockey fan, more or less. So you could one could argue that it's because of Heather River Arena that I ended up becoming a hockey fan and a Coyotes fan, and I don't know if there will be a. I'm sure at some point in time there will be a concert that's going to be held there that we're going to go back for. But like other than that, like who knows? Maybe it really is truly the last time I ever step foot in that building. Um, would have been a couple weeks ago when we went to the uh, when the Vancouver Canucks were in town, and um, yeah, and it was cool to see like everybody's you know they were posting pictures and we did some on our our sporty account of uh, people's times there and the memories they had, and that was really cool and it just to me showed off that like as much crap as Coyotes fans get from outside of the state like you could just go and look at those pictures and and see how dedicated fans are to this hockey team and how dedicated they have been to this hockey team over the last 
you know, 18, 19 years that they've been at Hero Arena and how much has changed across that time, not only for Westgate, not only for um, the team, fans, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's wild. Like it's a, it's like a time capsule in its own. And, um, and now off to make new memories at the new ASU rink when it opens later this year. It was kind of surreal when they did that final package and they were talking about all of it. And they were talking about, you know, Shane Doan being uh, with a team, you know, from them moving here to them moving from one arena to the other. And then him getting his jersey retirement, which is actually another picture that I had posted on Twitter was uh, when I was working that game and getting to watch that was such an emotional moment. I felt like for all of us, because he was so much of what that organization was at the time and, you know, getting to see his number get retired there and everything. And then it kind of coming full circle too with, um, with basically where the Coyotes are going to be housed now is in the same place that his son, Josh Stone was already going to be playing at and he's been drafted to that team. So both the team that, you know, Shane Doan works for and played for is going to be in the same arena as the team that his son, Josh Doan had grown up knowing and loving got drafted by is going to play in the exact same arena as as him on ASU is a weird full circle thing. And I, and I don't know if any of you really believe in, you know, any of that like spiritual and, you know, just things meaning something in the world, but it, it is very interesting that, you know, between the whole thing coming full circle of them playing the predators and finally beating the predators, you know, from the, first to the end there. And then this whole thing with uh, Shane and Josh, it just does feel like it has some really good meaning and purpose going forward with that. And, you know, take that as you will, but it is kind of cool that that's the direction that this team is heading in. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, I never thought about it in that way, but yeah, you might be right. It is kind of a, a weird set of circumstances there where everything in the universe just kind of lined up and, uh, and you can connect, connect the different dots together like that. That is kind of a fascinating set of, um, of circumstances uh, there. And uh, yeah, you're right. And I don't know if I'm sure others have pointed that, that little, those little seeds out before too, but uh, yeah, I have I've never thought about it that way, which is really funny, but um Anyway, did I just um, pretzel your brain with that? Yeah, a little bit. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a lot, and I and I know that's probably a uh, a little bit much for some people. But I I like to I'm very observant. I like to notice all the little little nitty gritty things like that, and it's just it's kind of cool. No matter like what you believe in, it's just kind of cool. And in any ways that it's there's some kind of harmony and balance to it. In the chaos that is the Arizona Coyotes. We make a joke about it all the time. And the fact that the Arizona Coyotes are an absolute mess. Um, you know, 90% of the time. They haven't really had good ownership. And uh, a, and honestly, a, a really solid team since they made that a really good charge in 2011, 2012, that, 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 that was the last time um, that they really had a solid team and they, when they were Pacific champions. But I just, I think this is the one time that we can kind of appreciate things for the way that they are and get away from all of the crap that everyone has been giving this team. And on the internet and everywhere else and just appreciate it for what it is and the history that the coyotes do have here and have in the state. Before we move on to talking about Jacob Chikrin, some interesting comments that he made um, on the 
Coyotes exit day this weekend. We, of course, want to tell you about DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL as we get set for the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you are a new customer to DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet just $5 on any team to win, and you can get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. And you can do it, of course, at DraftKings Sportsbook. If I may say so, if you're looking at a team to win a series, I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to upset the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. And it'll be another first round exit for Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs. And once again, we go back to my grand conspiracy about Austin Matthews coming home because he's so fed up with the Maple Leafs not winning jack crap. But I digress. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win. You get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, before we get to the chicken thing, do you agree with me, Corey, that, that the lightning will upset the Toronto Maple Leafs? Cause it's, there's some people that agree with me and there's some people that don't. I think that you are very much manifesting right now. Do you know what manifesting is Richard? Of course. Yeah. I'm like, I'm speaking it into existence, even though I don't really have any factual basis for it. I'm just saying it and hoping it's true. Exactly. What you're doing is you're manifesting Austin Matthews coming back to Arizona and you're using this as one of the building blocks for what you are manifesting. I know what you're doing here and I appreciate it and I love it. Uh, I will. The Lightning did beat Toronto a couple weeks ago. Toronto um, or Tampa. Uh, has been playing better as of late. They're the, they've been the better team lately. They're also the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They have the better goaltending. It's just everything to me is just lining up for an upset here because you can't have all the favorites win. That's boring. That, that's not how things work in the playoffs. That's why the playoffs are the playoffs. Sometimes you have upsets. And this is my big upset here is that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to show up like they do in the playoffs using their experience and they're going to upset the Leafs and you can bookmark it bookmark this for two weeks from now when I'm right you're like oh Richie was right I could have made money on that betting on drafting a sports book are you creating a storyline for the NHL uh I mean I, I hope so because they sure shouldn't need them as previously discussed on this show oh hell yeah they do maybe you know, maybe we start the conspiracy theory now that you've just created a storyline and it's going to happen from a pure storyline uh, instance in the fact that the NHL needs something in order to bring in more viewers for this playoff round. I just I just don't see a lot of um, viewership coming in the fact that they're really, I feel like it's not a big draw into the playoffs this year. And that could be it. So I'm going to root for this with you because I see no bad side of this. No, it's like the only series I give two shits about. It really is. Like, I don't, I made the, I think I made this point last week too, which is I am so much more invested in the NBA playoffs right now than I am the NHL. The only NH, the only Stanley Cup playoff games I'm going to watch are is going to be this Tampa Toronto series, and it just so happens that it lines up perfectly because here in Phoenix, those games started about four thirty. What does that mean? Well, it means that those games are then going to be over by the time the Suns and Mavericks series begins every night at about seven o'clock or so. And so that's going to be my double dip because those two series are lining up. It's going to be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule for both of those series. And I'm going to go back to back with both of those. And that's it. And then I'm not going to watch any other Stanley Cup games outside of that series 
I don't really plan on betting any of the Stanley Cup playoff games. Maybe if maybe if I find an opportunity to to win some money, I will. But I've been crushing it on DraftKings Sportsbook betting the NBA playoffs this year. And maybe that's part of the reason why I've watched so much of it. But I feel like the NBA playoffs this year have been really good. Like there were there was another ridiculously good game on Sunday between the Golden State Warriors and, and Memphis Grizzlies. It was a one-point win for the Warriors. They got the W on the road, 117-116. Terrific game. And I have a feeling that that series is going to be the best series of this this second round in the, in the NBA. It's like, just give me the NBA. I used to be the complete opposite. I used to be like, oh, well, the NHL playoffs are the best playoffs in the world. It's blah, 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 blah. And maybe it's I, – I can almost guarantee that 90% of the reason why I'm saying this right now is because the Phoenix Suns are in the NBA playoffs. And so I'm way more invested in what happens and who they're going to play next, et cetera, et cetera, and watching all these teams play. But it's true. This is a hockey podcast, and I'm way more invested in the NBA playoffs than I am the NHL. Convince me otherwise. If you're listening to me – also like in an – indirectly an Arizona podcast because it's an Arizona Coyotes podcast. So of course, you know, as people who live in Arizona and root for Arizona teams, we're always going to be, you know, going towards the side of the suns in this because of the fact that we are inadvertently also, you know, always rooting for Arizona as a state. Unless you're the Arizona Wildcats. That is true. 100%. And I, and I root for the Cardinals. Richie does not. This is true. But yeah, outside of, uh, I'm sorry. I know we have some listeners that are U of A people. We are both ASU grads. Um, so it is in our blood, literally the, um, the coaster that my drink is on right now is, an ASU football helmet. So <laughs> we are, I, I, I like at age four or so I watched my mom graduate from ASU. I'm born and bred ASU. So um, yeah, definitely big ASU fans here. But uh, outside of that, you know, outside of U of A, we usually root for all things Arizona and uh, so I, I think it makes sense in that regard that you're always going to be rooting for the Suns because they're in it. I'm not a big basketball person, but I've been watching each of these games. Um, I wore my Rally the Valley shirt in game six and was like, went over to our friend's house and sat there and watched it with them who are much, much more avid basketball fans than I am. And um got just as into it as they were. So I think it's totally rational to do that. I I mean, Scuddy's grandma calls him. She, she is in her nineties, bless her heart, calls her, calls him every single time they're about to play and reminds him that the game is going to be on tonight. (laughs) That's how excited she is about this. Uh, On her birthday, was when I told her, are you excited about the playoffs? Like, and she goes, what? And I go, the Suns are going in the playoffs. It it was like, I told her that her wildest dreams just came true. She was so happy and she has just been watching it. Very dedicated. This woman is in her nineties, has lived through so much in her life. And what she's living for right now is the Suns playoffs. So yes, I think you absolutely have, uh, a reason to really be invested in the NBA playoffs right now. I think everything when it comes to the NHL sometimes has to do with the fact of the Coyotes not doing so well. And, and I think everyone got a little bit less invested in the NHL as a whole because of the fact that the Coyotes really weren't in it. But I also think it has to do a lot with getting slightly annoyed with the community that is um, the NHL and NHL Twitter in in particular, and the fact that they have not really been nice to anything pertaining the Coyotes 
all season. And after you get kind of your shit kicked in enough, I think eventually you kind of start to lose interest. I think between those two things and the fact that the NHL has just been really flying under the radar this year outside of them getting their new um, media deal and then having, you know, uh, the new shows with, um, with Talkit and uh, Biz being in them. I think those have helped some. They've, they've brought some energy and something new to it, but I don't think it was enough to really gain the viewership that they were looking for. I would love to see actually what the stats came out of the viewership this year and what people, how invested they really are in the NHL this year, because I just don't feel like it made the pull that everyone was hoping for in um, gaining hockey fans, because in the U S it really isn't the number one sport here. You have your other sports, of football and baseball and basketball that often come before uh, hockey. You know, to us, we get really invested in hockey, but not a lot of other people in the U.S. do. It's not the same as it is in Canada. That's not what you're seeing um, on SportsCenter all day. You're starting to see more of it because of the fact that they have that new contract. But I just don't think it became a big enough success as they wanted it to be. They needed to invest in a little bit more of the storylines and the hype surrounding the NHL this year. Yeah, I tend to agree. However, I just pulled up the numbers. This actually is kind of surprising to me. Good for the game, which I 100% will tell you that much. Uh, According to Turner Sports, viewership for the NHL and TNT regular season coverage was up 29%. Versus 2020-2021 regular season on cable and up 24% from 2019-2020. The next point, very important, female viewership for the NHL and TNT coverage was up 56% versus 2020-2021 NHL regular season games on cable. That is insane. I was not expecting that second part. I really would love to know where that's coming from. The 20-something percent I can kind of see in the fact that um, it's on a more available network and a more watched channel. So I think some of that could be attributed to the fact that it's more available and it's easier to access and people are usually watching it anyways so I think that may be part of it. The The female viewership of it kind of surprises me. I'm not sure what they've done really to garner that, that viewership. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, Maybe there's a deep dive somewhere as to why that's the case. But it's it's great. It's awesome. Great for the game. Good for, good for TNT. And uh, that's that's what we like to see is growing the, growing the game outside of your your normal type of viewers. To see those to see that number is great, and we hope that that continues into the playoffs. Obviously, as they get underway here, uh, probably when you're listening to this, playoffs will have begun because they start on Monday. Um, before we go, Corey, we do want to touch on this Jacob Chicker news. Um, very sad news, to be honest, because. I think all of us read this quote and we're like, oh, well, shit. This is from Craig Morgan talking to Jacob Chikrin on the uh, Coyotes exit day interviews. Jacob Chikrin on if he'd be okay if not being traded this summer. I don't know. I'm signed for three more years. The trajectory of where the team is going and a lot of that stuff is important to me. I want to be in a position where I'm getting to play in a week from now and not packing up. I'm sure that you have the same reaction to myself when I read that, which is like, this is a player who clearly just doesn't want to be here anymore. And it's unfortunate. It's clearly a player who 
I, I think hearing all of those trade rumors got to him. And I, I wonder if he was kind of hurt by them a little bit. As you would. Like, I think Jacob Trigger kind of came into this year as being like, feeling like he was going to be the next big thing for this franchise. And so when his name starts popping up in trade rumors, I think it's fair to say, but like if anybody had those same rumors pop up about them, they would start to kind of question what was exactly going on here. It's like, well, God, do you really want me to be here? Do you want me to be the next captain of this franchise? Like you and I were talking about last summer after the season that he had, hashtag Chick Norris. And I, I feel like that's kind of what's happening here. He, he did not have a good season. He missed almost half the season. Uh, he missed almost basically the last month plus of the season because of an injury. And you read this quote and you're like, man, that sucks. It, it literally, it does sound like a guy who's got his foot halfway at the door and might very well be asking for a trade, albeit he never didn't necessarily say it, but that's like you, you read between the lines in a quote like that, and you can see the writing on the wall that Jacob Chikrin come October is not likely to be an Arizona Coyote at that point in time. And I, I think that's it's unfortunate with the way things are, are headed in that direction. Yeah, I I think we've said it many, many times and the fact that we feel like he is absolutely needed when it comes to keeping a lot of these guys that one fans love, but two are really great young core guys that you can move forward with. And the fact that he's starting to lose interest at this point and you have to wonder a bunch of different things, whether it's gotten to him, you know, the fact that they have a bad season, that there's no really good seasons in sight. Um, Armstrong was saying that he's focusing more right now on just who they're going to be drafting. So they're really not investing that much into their actual players that are there right now, because they're, constantly looking towards the future and looking to see on what draft picks that they can get to try and make a really young, strong team coming up. And it's really disheartening in the fact that you really want players that want to be here. And I do think down the line, this team is going to be great and players are going to really want to be here, but this is a very tumultuous time to be in and to keep people wanting to be here is is difficult. I think you can probably get people to come here for a couple of seasons just, you know, as a change of pace and uh if you know, winning isn't really their priority, but I think eventually you get to that point where you have to have one of those things where either the the player feels invested in or the team has some type of stability and future ahead and I feel like he doesn't feel like he has any of those and it's starting to become difficult for him as he himself is going to be even more of a rising star going ahead obviously uh this season you know didn't go as necessarily as planned but his career is only going up from here so it's interesting to see what exactly um, is going to happen with him. And I, I'd be really curious to know what his actual largest woe is in all of this to know why, what's bothering him the most. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this more earlier today and I was like, well, what could be a possible solution to this to keep him around, to keep him happy? And I wonder if there's a part of him that is angling for a new contract. And I wonder if that may be where we're headed in this direction. It's like, listen, we screwed up. We shouldn't have put your name out there in trade speculation. We want you to be a part of this team going forward. Here's our plan. This is what we're trying to do. If you stick with us through this rebuild, 
you will be better off for it and you will be in the prime of your career when we're starting to contend. And so I wonder if maybe that could be the case. And Bill Armstrong goes to Jacob Tricker and says, listen, what if we give you an extension? What if we extend your contract another three years beyond that? So right now he's signed through 2024, 2025, which would be his uh, age 27 season. And after that contract is up, he'd be an unrestricted free agent. So I wonder if Bill Armstrong doesn't go to Jacob Tricker and say, listen, we want you to be a part of this team on the back end of this. When we come out of this, we want you to be a part of our contention, our contending for a Stanley Cup. You just got to trust us and, and trust that we're headed in the right direction. Here's a, here's a new contract. Here's an extension. Here's more money. We believe in you, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's how the bridge gets mended. I don't know if that's going to be the case for a team that we know is probably not looking to spend a whole heck of a lot more money at the moment. Um, But you never know. Maybe that's me being weird and coming up, pulling shit out of my ass to try and mend fences here. But I I don't see how it can't be a possibility at least. I mean, it, it goes into what my first initial thing was. You have to have one of these things in order for it to work. And the first one was to feel like you have some investment in those players that are there and are supposedly your core players going forward. They need to feel like they have that security there, that they are going to be your core players going forward, that they're going to be the ones that will be around when this team is good And it's like, you know, um, if you don't think that you're going to be around when the team is good, why put in the effort now to deal with the bad? That you're completely taking away someone's incentive if you're throwing around the idea of trading them. And so they, they go through all the lows with you, but they can't stay for the high. I'm sure that's part of what's frustrating him right now. And he doesn't want to go through multiple years and waste years of his career if it's not going to pay off in the end. And I mean, I would love to see some investments, whether it's financially or, or some other way for, uh, you know, Armstrong to really kind of show those core players that he is invested in them for the future. Uh, because of the fact that this is, like I said before, a very tumultuous time for not only the organization as a whole, but for those players that are part of this. This is their job. This is their day-to-day lives. This is their career. And if you don't show some type of interest in your employees as any type of business, they will leave. Yeah, exactly. Especially for some of these younger players too, who you're hoping to build around, right? And they have to buy into what this team, what Bill Armstrong, what Andre Tarini are selling. And seemingly for the most part, they did this season because we saw a lot of players take a leap forward. We saw a resurgence from a guy like a Shane Gossespierre, who was basically left or dead by the Philadelphia Flyers, comes here, has one of the best seasons of his career, and now is looking like somebody who the Coyotes can keep around for the next several years and really be an anchor to their blue line alongside uh, you know, some of these up-and-coming players, your Victor Soderstrom's, et cetera, et cetera. Um, before we go, one last thing. The draft lottery is coming up on May the 10th. Coyotes have the second-best odds behind the Montreal Canadiens. Coyotes 13.5% at getting the number one overall pick. Um, quick announcement. We are going to be doing a live stream of the draft lottery. Myself hey. and- Myself and Bayou Benders are going to host that. Corey is unavailable that night, um, so she can't, unfortunately, do it with me. But I was like, all right, if I can't get Corey, we're going to get Benders to do it with me. Of course, he hosts the Canadians podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And it's like, all right, well, that's number one and number two with the best odds. One of us is probably going to get the number one overall pick. So, and it's always ridiculous when we have benders on. So that's going to be happening on May the 10th, 3.30 here in Phoenix. And benders and I will take you through the draft lottery as it happens. We'll react live. 
whether it's good or whether it's bad for both of our teams. And that should be a lot of fun, the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Check us out here in the coming future. Um, Watch-alongs for a lot of the NHL playoffs, too, on the Hockey Podcast Network channel. Um, So let's do this. The Draft Lottery Simulator. We only have a few more times to do it here. Uh, Usually have no luck. So I'm not expecting anything good to happen here. But here we go. And three, two, one. And more shit. More shit. Just truly. (laughs) The New Jersey Devils, number one, they jump four spots. The Ottawa Senators jump five spots to number two. Canadians, three. Coyotes, four. (laughs) What in the world? I mean, I would really like, you know, at least a top three situation here. Uh, Richie, I'm going to tell you now to get prepared in your back pocket during that live stream um, to be putting in there into your head and into the souls of everyone um, that it's okay because just, uh, just be like whispering Connor under your breath like the entire time. Because that is going to be the backup uh, savior of, like, the Coyotes not getting the number one because they won't. But if we can just hold out hope that next year the Coyotes will get the number one, then it'll at least make ourselves feel better. Yeah, that's what we're going to have to tell ourselves is that it's okay if we don't get Shane Wright because Connor Bedard is on the horizon. He's he's the number one uh, prospect for next year. Over, over 100 points as an underage player. I think he's, what, 16 or 17 this year. Put up over 100 points at WHL. He's a center. And uh, they're already throwing around the term generational talent for him. So he's the big, he's the big fish next year. So that's what we got to tell ourselves. If they don't get Shane right, maybe, just maybe, next year they'll get Connor Bedard. Um, and then if they're super lucky, maybe they'll get back-to-back years, number one overall, and they'll get both. Because hmm. hmm. it ha- happened with the Oilers. Happened with the Oilers. <laughs> oh, that sounds... So encouraging, Richie. What exactly is the rule on that nowadays? They changed it. They actually changed it. Let me look this up here. Uh, NHL lottery rules. Because I'm, I'm not even sure you're allowed to do that anymore. Uh, um, so it's... Damn it, I'm trying to freaking find this. But they've they've changed the rule so that you can't get the number one overall pick. Like, oh, here we go. The rule change is that you cannot win the draft lottery more than twice in a five-year period. So there's nothing about it being back-to-back. Correct. Just can't be more than twice in a five-year period. I knew that it was twice in a five-year period, but I also thought you couldn't win back-to-back, but... You can win back to back. Oh, mm-hmm. this makes things more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Uh, to come full circle on our discussion here, um, you said I was manifesting the Maple Leafs losing in the first round. Well, I am manifesting back to back number one overall picks for the Coyotes: Shane Wright, Connor Bedard. Those two together, number one, number two centers. Then you bring in Austin Matthews. He becomes your new number one center. And that's your center lineup going forward. Austin Matthews, Connor McDard, Shane Wright, and Barrett Hayton. There you go. All I got to say is if we have to hear people bitching about how much they don't like the Coyotes, I would love to be listening to that while we're laughing our way to the number one overall pick two years in a row. God, that would be beautiful. It pissed so many people off, but I would love it. And you know the haters are going to come out, too, and they're going to be like, ooh, well, maybe they're not going to want – I've already seen this multiple times. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Um, I brought this up last week, too, 
about them pulling an Eric Lindros and or Eli Manning and uh, not wanting to play for a certain team and refusing to sign. It's like, well, good luck with that. Counter to that, both of the Coyotes' most recent players, Jack McBain, Nathan Smith, they refused to sign their contracts with their previous teams and um, with Minnesota and Winnipeg, and they chose to sign with the Coyotes. Just going to throw that out there. And uh, they're, already, they're already scoring goals with the Coyotes too, so they're better off for it. All right. Uh, we've done already well over an hour, ladies and gentlemen, Sporting Nation. Um, do you have anything else to say before we say goodbye? No, I do not. I think we have, have said enough on tonight's podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone who actually listens to the very end of these shows. Uh, Richie and I go on our little rants, and it's really nice for those of you that actually go through the very end of our rants with us. That is a dedication that is next level, and we appreciate it in every way possible. Yes, yes, we do, indeed. All right, everybody, enjoy the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs as they get underway. Go Lightning. Enjoy the NBA playoffs, Suns and Mavericks. Go Suns. And uh, good night and good hockey, everybody.